Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What a difference a year can make. Last March, states were beginning to implement shutdowns that were expected to last weeks. But weeks turned into months, and months added up to a full year. As spring arrives this year, despite what's described as an unrelenting coronavirus... It's a hopeful time for us. This week on 880 In-Depth, we get an update on the COVID-19 fight with New Jersey's Health Commissioner, Judith Persichelli. My thought uh, is that in some way, we will be always fighting the challenge of this coronavirus, similar to the flu. In the year that COVID has been with us, Judith Persichelli has been a daily force leading New Jersey's battle against the virus. Amazing when you consider she was barely six months on the job as the state's acting commissioner of health when she was confirmed by the full Senate January 9th of 2020. You know what the next year brought. According to data from the COVID tracking project, New Jersey has recorded more than 800,000 cases of coronavirus, with an estimated 23,000 deaths. But the state has also logged an amazing 10 million COVID tests the past year. And as you will soon hear, New Jersey is stepping up on its vaccinations. But it has not been easy. Trust me, as someone who has sat at the laptop and played the game of trying to land an appointment in New Jersey, we all wish there was a better way. Our Peter Haskell got on the phone with New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichelli this week, and the conversation started with vaccines. Commissioner, when we spoke in December, you were looking at a long, dark winter. Now we're heading into spring. How do things look now? Well, things look a lot more hopeful, uh, Peter, because we have a pretty strong vaccine uh, rollout plan. Um, we hope um, by the end of this month, the first week in April, to get more vaccine. Uh, we're uh, administering vaccine to, uh, every time, every dose we get from the federal government. We make sure within 24 hours that someone receives that dose. So it's a hopeful time for us. Um, of course, this virus is unrelenting. And as most viruses go, it's, it's mutating, and those mutations are being followed very closely. But we do believe that our hope for the future 
is in getting as many people vaccinated as possible. Back in December, you were just starting to give out your first Pfizer vaccines. Three million doses have been administered. Do you think this has gone as well as it could have? Uh, well, well, we first have to um, embrace the fact that putting out two vaccines within the same year of a novel coronavirus that has called a pandemic is an extraordinary scientific achievement. Bearing that in mind, the supply chain uh, is um, not as strong as perhaps we would like it to be, but it's because this, they were testing as they were going along and, like I said, within a year, putting out two vaccines is something I don't think we've ever seen in our lifetime. So could it have? Can the roll? Could the rollout have been better? Uh, we in New Jersey had some bumps along the way, particularly with our registration system and our call center. But as we speak today, we have administered over 3.2 million doses of um, the vaccine to individuals in New Jersey, and over a million of those individuals have completed what I call their vaccine journey and are fully vaccinated. Now remember, our goal is 70% of the uh, uh, adult eligible population should be vaccinated. That in New Jersey is about 4.7 million people. So we have over 1 million people completed on their vaccine journey. We have another 2 million that when they get their second dose, they will be completed. So probably within the next month, we may have as many as 3 million people uh, along the way to immunization. Some people have had a lot of trouble trying to find shots. When do you expect this supply-demand equation to reach equilibrium? Uh, that has been our biggest uh, challenge. Uh, the supply in no way meets the demand in, in New Jersey and uh, nationally. Um, we're hoping uh, by May, uh, sometime in May, that we will get enough supply to meet the demand that we have. Uh, we're seeing with the new administration that our weekly allocation, and our allocation comes directly from the federal government, we are seeing it increase slightly. So when we first started, our first week in December 14th, we got 76,000 doses. Uh, the, on the week of March 15th, this week, we've gotten 400,000 doses. So the growth since the beginning of the year uh, has been significant. Of course, that's 400,000 doses in a two-dose regimen. That's probably 200,000 people. I have 3 million people registered saying they're ready to get the shot and I can only really start 200,000 people on their vaccine journey this week. There are officials in a lot of places who, as you understand, are saying we need more. And specifically in a Hudson County, they say it's a dense environment there. They need a larger supply. Are they right? Well, Hudson County is interesting because they're doing a really 
really good job at getting people uh, vaccinated in that county. Uh, Hudson County, um, as we sit here today, have they have administered 158,000, almost 159,000 doses. But as you state, it is one of the most densest counties, highly populated counties in New Jersey. So we have to make sure that when we get the doses, in, as we try to allocate them equitably throughout the whole state, that Hudson County gets doses based on our small supply, gets an adequate allocation of doses to continue the good work that they're doing. But they have a long way to go because of their, their COVID uh, burden and their population. So how do you do that? How do you see to it that they get the supply that they need based on their density? They will not get the full supply that they need until we get uh, increasing supply. Are we going to need a new or different vaccine next fall or winter? Uh, I don't think anyone knows that yet. Um, We do know um, that there may be a possibility of a booster, similar to what we do with flu every year. We also know that many of the manufacturers are not only uh, developing and producing the vaccines that came to market, um, well, from Pfizer and Moderna at the end of December and for J&J a couple weeks ago, Janssen J&J. Uh, what, we do, what we do know is they're already looking at mutations and making sure that their vaccine, if needed, can um, be, uh, be modified to protect us against the variants that we're seeing in, in the nation and in the state and, and, and internationally as well. So, uh, you know, my, my thought uh, is that in some way we will be always fighting the challenge of this coronavirus, similar to the flu. Do you expect if people do need a booster or a different shot, the rollout is going to be smoother, better, easier? I I think that once we have adequate vaccine, I think the rollout in in New Jersey, at least, because we have almost a thousand, maybe more, individual practices and clinics and different what we call points of dispensing ready to go once we have adequate vaccine i believe we will vaccine we will vaccinate people uh fairly easily as far as boosters are concerned we track right now uh the percentage of people that show up for their second uh shot because the pfizer vaccine requires a second shot um, within 21 days, and the Moderna vaccine requires a second shot in 28 days. And we are around 90, 92%, which is pretty high. Uh, the nation, the last report I saw on average is about 88%. So we're over 90%. We're following up on everyone um, to make sure that they understand the value of that second, what we're calling the booster shot. So I think I think the people in New Jersey have been really anxious to get vaccinated and compliant. And while Judith Persichelli is hopeful about vaccine rollout improvements, she does admit concern about the wild card of COVID variants. 
We are doing sampling uh, on specimens um, every day uh, in our public health lab, and right now we have identified what we call 216 CDC cases of variants of concern. The CDC separates variants uh, into a number of different groups, variants of concern, variants of interest, and variants of high consequence. So we have 216 cases of variants of concern. 206 of them are the B117 variant, otherwise known as the UK variant, which is the most, uh, the, the variant that people are seeing mostly nationally and internationally. I think it's now in 82 or 83 countries. We have two reports of the P1 variant, which is the Brazilian variant. We have one report of the B1.351 variant, which is the South African variant. We have six reports of the B1.427 variant, which is the California variant. Uh, so, um, Oh, and, and California also has another variant, and we have one, one report of that other variant, which is B1.229. So we do have a total of 200 and, uh, 216 variants of concern. Additionally, we have 65 reports of a variant of interest. That is the New York variant, B1.526, 65 reports of that and uh, one report of what they call a P2 Brazilian variant. So the variants are here. They are with us. Variants of concern right now in New Jersey, I would say the one of highest concern is the UK variant. It seems to be, from studying what's going on in the UK, highly transmissible. We are still studying its impact on hospitalizations and severe disease. So more to come on that, but we are watching it very closely. Cases are ticking up in New Jersey, and the state is one of the highest per capita rates in the country. Why is that? We're one of the more densely populated states, and we're a state that has a lot of travel through, a lot of uh, connection to um, strong urban hubs like New York City, uh, Philadelphia, uh, and I would say that similar to the big surge uh, last April, uh, we're uh, following the trajectory of the Northeast, uh, which in New York is pretty strong as well. Uh, so our cases uh, are uh, not going down like the rest of the country, so we're, uh, we're looking at that very critically, and we are doing we are doing wide-scale testing. We do more testing per capita than many, many states. Uh, we, still, we are now doing and continue to do 45 to 50,000 PCR molecular tests uh, a day. And additionally, we have started to report our antigen testing, and our antigen testing is increasing in the thousands every day. And we report all of that. We're not sure, how, you know, if every state is reporting both antigen and PCR, but we do. 
but we have seen our cases increase as a result. And we also, which is more concerning because there's no way to under or over count hospitalizations. We are also seeing our hospitalizations tick up a bit and then plateauing, but they're not going down. And that's what we were hoping that we would see at this point, our hospitalizations go down. Two weeks ago, they hit their lowest level around 1800 in our 71 hospitals. And today we're, we're reporting about 1950. And it's been that way for um, a couple of days, um, or I should say the, the whole week. So uh, we're keeping a close eye on the hospitalizations. Hospitalizations um, are um, one of the lagging indicators of a positive case, uh, with death being a significant lagging indicator. We have seen our deaths settle down a bit. Um, which is a good thing. Uh, they're still in double digits, but it's for between 10 and 20 a day where we were much higher. So we're looking at what we call severe disease uh, hospitalizations and deaths, and we look at that daily. The cases are going up. The hospitalizations aren't getting better, and yet indoor dining and other, other businesses are going to 50% capacity. Is that a good idea? I think as the warmer weather, what you know, we have to learn every day from this virus. And I think as the warmer weather um, is upon us, as we saw last year, uh, the virus doesn't really like warm weather. So it kind of, we like to say it goes underground. Um, but uh, we're hoping that with the warmer weather, at the same time that we're increasing in uh, uh, inside dining, that the outside dining will be even more active. That's what we learned last year, that once people got used to eating outside and the setups uh, were uh, um, uh, refined by the establishments, people chose to eat outside. So we're hoping that there'll be a balance and that if people keep to the 50% capacity and socially distance and make sure that they wear their masks in between the courses or eating, uh, they understand that um, you put food in your mouth, put your mask on, chew. Uh, it can work. We do know, we do know, even with the variants, that the public health precautions, the what we call the non-pharmaceutical interventions of washing your hands and masking and physically distancing are effective in preventing the transmission of this virus. Look at what has happened with flu in New Jersey this year. Flu is at the lowest level that we've had in years because we it's a respiratory illness, as is COVID-19. And when you mask up and you watch your sneezing and your coughing, you can decrease the transmission of the virus. Schools are another big topic for places like New Jersey, where cases multiplied in the general population because of density. But as we spoke to Judy Persichelli, the CDC, as expected, announced new guidelines that could help efforts to get kids back into the classrooms. The CDC now says students can cut the distance from six feet to three feet in the classroom as long as they still wear masks. Uh, we will be looking at that CDC, our understanding of CDC, 
is um, reviewing the studies that have been done on that right now. We do know, again, from experience, I I keep reminding everyone uh, that I talk to that this is a novel coronavirus, never before seen in humans. We're learning a lot about it every single day that we have to deal with it. What we learned with school in-person schooling is that the transmission in our schools was quite low. And that was the transmission, the uh, epidemiologically uh, based transmission that actually happened in the schools, quite low. Schools are pretty safe. So then we get to the three feet versus the six feet. And there are some uh, studies that have been done that suggest that the three feet uh, distancing did not increase uh, transmission significantly. Um, and I know that CDC is looking at that. We do rely on CDC as the um, subject matter experts, and I do expect something in that direction will be coming out very soon. We hear a lot of stories about kids home from school experiencing stress and anxiety. Are you concerned about some kind of mental health crisis going forward? I'm concerned for the kids totally. I think um, the socialization of school, the interaction, the ability to be with their friends uh, is so important. And I'm concerned for the um, difficulties many, many children have with remote learning and that they may be losing a year of education because of it. Uh, And yes, put that all together, the stress not only on the child, but on the family unit um, is remarkable. And they need to get back. They, they definitely need to get back uh, for lots of reasons, um, stress generally. Uh, but more importantly, you know, schools are the watchdogs, the coaches, the teachers. They can see when a child is concerned or upset. They can see if a child is under some type of stress at home that's a reportable incident. We know that reports of of child abuse have gone down uh, with remote learning because, you know, the vigilance that an objective observer, like, again, a a coach or a teacher, that vigilance isn't there and how important that is to keeping our children safe. So there's lots of reasons to get back. And, yes, the mental health uh, issues are real. They need to be attended to, the stress on the family system, uh, the ability to maintain nutrition for children that otherwise would not have a balanced meal, and the ability for us to have that objective vigilance of our children is so important. For, so, for lots of reasons, let's get back to school. One last thing. We hear a lot about these COVID long haulers and the, the estimates are 10% to 25% have these post-COVID symptoms. Is New Jersey equipped to handle all these people who might be sick for three, six, nine, twelve months? Yeah, we've heard a, and we've heard a lot, and there's been a lot of uh, a study of what you call the long haulers. Um, this is an unusual virus. It uh, invades a lot of systems uh, within the body systems, and it lingers. And, cause, and it is causing some long-haul symptoms. 
um, our experience with this virus is now a full year. Uh, we're going to need more time to study this to see what that the long-term effects of that will be. Um, it does not sound positive for those that are long haulers at this point, uh, but again, it's only been a year, so more study is required. Um, but this is a this is a um, this this is an unrelenting nasty virus. Commissioner, what is your final message from us today in terms of New Jerseyans? What do you tell them about looking to spring and summer and vaccines and all these other things? I can only assure the people of New Jersey, when we get adequate vaccine, our goal is that everyone in New Jersey will be within a 15-minute walk or a 20 to 30 minute drive to a vaccine site and will be able to get vaccinated. I urge everyone, learn the facts, become more aware of vaccines if you have some hesitancy, reach out to the experts, call our hotline uh, if you have some uh, questions you want uh, answered. And at the end of the day, I can assure you, when we get vaccine, we will vaccinate absolutely everyone in New Jersey who wants to be vaccinated so that by the summer we have the protection that we need to enjoy each other, our families, our loved ones, our communities the way we used to. That's our goal. We will meet it if we get the vaccine. Two things. We need to get the vaccine and we need people to line up to get the shot. Commissioner, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Peter, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and for the people of New Jersey, I can assure you, this, this governor and the Department of Health are ready to vaccinate you and we get the vaccines. Our thanks to Peter Haskell and New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichelli. As someone who has gotten dose number one of the vaccine in New Jersey earlier this month, I can tell you once you get that appointment, the infrastructure in place to make the process smooth and safe is something to be proud of. I would recommend you get the vaccine. 880 In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Our executive producers are Peter Haskell and myself, Tim Scheldt. Subscribe so you don't miss a week and pass it on to friends. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search 880 In-Depth. As always, be safe. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.